0: What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm gonna be running through my start sits at the wide receiver position. So going through all 16 week three matchups, timestamps are gonna be down below if you guys wanna jump around, that is totally cool. But going through all 16 week three matchups, listing every fantasy relevant wide receiver as a start or a sit. And when there are a few players who maybe are on the bubble or just guys I kind of want to talk about, or maybe like entire wide receiver rooms that I want to talk about, I will kind of break off into a little bit more detail. But that's the general setup. If you guys have any fantasy questions, this could be start, sit, waiver wire, trade advice, drop those down below, and I'll respond back to every single person. All I do ask is that if you guys are commenting or you're enjoying the content, you you find it informative, whatever it is, just do me a huge favor, hit that like button. And if you're not subscribed, subscribe to the channel. It really does help me out a ton. Gonna be putting out consistent content, you know, week after week, and I do try to get it out as early as possible. So you know it's the first thing you guys can see, you know, throughout your day. But let's jump into the first matchup: Thursday night football, Steelers taking on the Browns. For me, if you guys have been watching my channel, you know I love Deontay Johnson, hasn't necessarily had the top-tier fantasy production, just comes down to lack of touchdowns. The volume is totally there. He has a very, very high PPR floor, so I like Deontay as a start and then sit in Claypool and Pickens. I think in a better offense, these are two dudes who could potentially be startable, but I mean, this Steelers offense is pretty brutal at the moment, especially the passing attack. So Deontay Johnson's the only wide receiver I want there in my starting lineup. On the other side with the Browns, Amari Cooper is coming off a really rough week one, bounced back with a pretty solid week two performance. He's someone where I don't necessarily love him in my starting lineup because I just don't know about the consistency of this Browns passing attack, especially against the Steelers. But I think he's fine as your wide receiver three, you know, a flex play. I think you could do worse than Amari Cooper. And then sitting Donovan Peoples-Jones, who was, you know, the highest targeted player in week one, didn't really do much in week two, if anything. I don't even know if he caught a pass. I think he did have a touchdown called back, but Amari's the guy I would want uh, in that wide receiver room. Then moving over to Sunday, we have the Saints taking on the Panthers. For the Saints, you're obviously firing up Michael Thomas as a start. Dude is back, has looked fantastic through two weeks. And then I'm also going to be listing Chris Olave as a start. This may be surprising to some people. I actually talked about him as a buy low player in my buy low video. Go check that out if you haven't already. But just to kind of reiterate some of the points, he had a pretty solid week two performance. Just like you know staring at the stat sheet, five receptions, 80 yards, had 11 PPR points. So, you know, all right, there were so many opportunities left on the table here and it wasn't his fault. He had 365 air yards. He was targeted 13 times, crazy numbers there. Jameis missed him twice when he was just wide open deep, would have been like 50, 60 yard touchdown bombs. And then he hit him on another deep ball where I guess it was kind of out in front of him. So he started stumbling and then ended up fumbling without actually getting touched and like running into the ground. Basically what I'm getting at here is he was earning opportunities. He wasn't just getting these opportunities in garbage time. He was being targeted heavily, you know, before the Bucks kind of went ahead. So Olave is a rookie wide receiver. We know these rookies, you know, they'll break out later on in the season. I think he's, you know, kind of showed he is ready to break out he's starting that process. We've seen other dudes from this wide receiver class, guys like Drake London, Garrett Wilson, who I'll get into later. They're already breaking out. I think Chris Olave is starting that. He has a strong, consistent role in this offense. Week one had a 64% snap share. Week two, 75. I wouldn't even be surprised if that you know, maybe jumped up a little bit heading into week three. So I do like Olave as a start. And then unfortunately for Jarvis Landry, as Olave continues to elevate, I think that's going to limit Jarvis Landry's, you know, consistency in this offense. On the other side with the Panthers, I do have DJ Moore as a start. He's in a rough spot here. This Panthers offense does not look good. The passing attack does not look great. You know, everyone thought Baker coming in, best quarterback DJ Moore has played with. The whole situation here is not great. If you are able to sell DJ Moore for basically anywhere close to where you drafted him at, so he was probably going what, like wide receiver, 16, 17, 18, somewhere in there. If you can sell him for like a wide receiver in the top 24, that's something I would definitely consider. He is going to be a start, but he's not someone I'm, you know, super ecstatic to throw into my lineup. And then uh, sitting Robbie Anderson had a few decent games, you know, definitely had a much better week one performance. But like I said, if DJ Moore is the number one there, uh, not a great passing attack. I just don't want Robbie Anderson in my lineup. Then we're gonna go over to the Texans traveling to Chicago to take on the Bears. I'm only gonna be starting one wide receiver in this matchup, and it is Brandon Cooks coming off you know a slightly down week two performance. He's someone who's always gonna be you know fringe top 24 guy throughout the season, very, very safe, normally has a pretty high floor. So I like Brandon Cooks here and then sitting Nico Collins. For the Bears, unfortunately, Darnell Mooney is someone who I was very high on coming into the season. That just looks like a brutal take now that the Bears just refuse to pass the ball. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it. They're getting lit up by the Packers and Fields is still you know, barely getting past 10 pass attempts. It's mind-blowing, but at this point, you just can't start anyone in this Bears offense except for David Montgomery. So brutal start for uh, Mooney. Maybe they go more pass-heavy, but at this point, he's not looking like a great option. Then we have the Chiefs taking on the Colts and i have juju listed as a start i think people for some reason are wildly overreacting to one bad game from juju remember coming into the season people thought juju would be the number 1 here he'd have this high ceiling are we going to throw that you know entire you know pre nfl season take away because of one bad game week 1 he was very involved eight targets caught six of them for 79 yards He only played 66% of the snaps and left with an injury. So not even in a full game, he went six for 79. That is solid. Week two, didn't do much. Three targets, three receptions, 10 yards. Still at a 74% snap share. I still think at the end of the season, he's gonna be the number one wide receiver. Maybe he's not gonna be wildly consistent on a week to week basis, but I doubt you drafted him a spot where you needed it. So he's a start. And I think some people are panicking for no reason. And if you can buy low on Juju, I think that's a decent idea. And then I'm gonna be sitting the other wide receivers here, McCole Hardman, MVS, just not interested in those guys. On the other side with the Colts, I mean, they just looked miserable without Michael Pittman, brutal offensively. So obviously if Michael Pittman's back, you're firing him up as a wide receiver one. And then Ashton Doolin is, I guess, the one wide receiver who had a decent game. I saw some people commenting about how they were gonna pick him up off the waiver wire. I'm not interested in Ashton Doolin. The only reason why he had any opportunities in that game is because Pittman and Pierce were both out. I don't see anything from him moving forward. Pittman's really the only pass catcher you want in that offense. Then moving over to a divisional game between the Bills and the Dolphins, a lot of really solid wide receiver options in this game. For the Bills, Stephon Diggs coming off of an insane performance against the Titans last night just shredded them the entire game. Gabriel Davis didn't play. But, you know, if he's back uh, next Sunday, totally fine firing him up as a start. And then I'll be sitting Isaiah McKenzie on the other side with the Dolphins. You're obviously firing up both Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell as very, very strong starts. That's going to lead us into another divisional game between the Lions and the Vikings. For the Lions, man, Amon Ra, just a monster. I think I'll talk about him in a video later this week. We'll see, not locked in on it, but the dude has just been sensational. You know, first two games of this season, you know, you look back at his crazy stretch to end last year, he's really put himself in as a potential like top 12 wide receiver rest of season. He is that good. And then sitting DJ Chark on the other side with the Vikings, just a real off game for that offense um, against the Eagles. You're obviously still starting Justin Jefferson. I do have Adam Thielen as a start. He's definitely not someone I'm, you know, firmly confident that he's going to be, you know, someone I really want in my lineup. I do think he's startable. I think the offense will bounce back. I think it's possible he just had a down week one because Jefferson was balling out, and then the offense as a whole struggles, so he doesn't have a great performance in week two. I still think he's someone who's going to be a flexible option down the stretch, but just you know, one more down game, then we may have to reconsider here with Mr. Adam Thielen. Next matchup is between the Ravens and the Patriots. For the Ravens, my guy Rashad Bateman, balling out to start off the year. Love to see it. Devin Duvernay has been solid also. Just not expecting a ton of consistency out of him. So he is going to be a sit. Moving over to the Patriots. Patriots offense has not looked good through two weeks, but they've had one dude who was just No matter what's going on in that offense, this dude is going to produce. He's not going to produce at a crazy high level, but you're never going to regret throwing Jacoby Myers in your flex spot. Through two weeks, he's already been targeted 19 times. He's out here commanding solid volume. He has a very high PPR floor and then is averaging 14.4 PPR points per game through two weeks, and that is without a touchdown. So I like Myers as a start. Sitting Aguilar, who's coming off of a big time game, but. I'm not expecting any consistency out of Nelson Aguilar. Then moving over to the Bengals taking on the Jets. Pretty obvious you're firing up both Chase and T. Higgins as very strong starts. And then I'm sitting Tyler Boyd behind those two guys. For the Jets, I really want to just break down this entire wide receiver room. I guess before I do do that, I'll say I have both Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore listed as starts. And then I have Corey Davis as a sit. So I just want to run through the snap share, the production through two weeks. So week one, we saw Elijah Moore operate as the clear-cut top wide receiver. He had an 89% snap share. He was the guy, clear-cut number one. Then we saw Corey Davis have a 68% snap share. He was kind of locked in as the number two, but not you know, to the same extent that Moore was the number one. Then we had Garrett Wilson at 49%, and then Braxton Berrios at 46%. So we had Berrios taking some slot work, You had Wilson and Corey Davis kind of slotting in as the two, three, however you're looking at it. So, you know, decent for Garrett Wilson. I think actually some people, including myself, were expecting maybe a slower start in terms of usage. I guess the talent was kind of undeniable there. Then in week two, we see Elijah Moore, 87%, same range, same usage. Corey Davis actually gets bumped up to 79%. Garrett Wilson gets bumped up to 61%, and then Braxton Berrios falls down to 23%. I do believe Berrios was a little bit banged up in this game, but I just have to imagine you're looking at the production out of Moore, Davis, and Wilson. I feel like you've got to just let those guys continue to ball out. You know, they've all been putting up solid production. So Elijah Moore, the guy who said the clear-cut top snaps, he's only averaging 8.2 PPR points per game through two weeks. It's definitely not ideal for him to be struggling, you know, early on, but this is not a spot where he's just putting up absolute clunkers. He just hasn't had any breakout games hasn't gotten into the end zone. So I'm still bought in on Elijah Moore. I believe in the talent. I'm not overly concerned. Corey Davis has been very solid, 15 points per game. I'm just worried that as Garrett Wilson continues to ball out and you know improve, and then Elijah Moore starts to get it clicking, I feel like Corey Davis is gonna be the odd man out here. And then we have Garrett Wilson, who through two games is averaging 19.6 PPR points. Obviously a lot of that is skewed to his massive week two game. But at this point, like Garrett Wilson is undeniable. I can't imagine the Jets playing Corey Davis more than Garrett Wilson heading into week three. And if they do, I feel like that can only happen for a few more weeks. Garrett Wilson is gonna be viable for fantasy. So I believe in both Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore, have both of them as starts and then Corey Davis as a sit. Now moving over to the Raiders-Titans game. For the Raiders, you're obviously firing up Devontae Adams as a high-end wide receiver one. And then I am sitting Hunter Renfro. I think Renfro can be startable at some point in the season. I just can't start a low ceiling Hunter Renfro on a Raiders offense that has yet to click. If this offense starts clicking, then I think he can be thrown in there as like a flex play. Right now with no bye weeks, all 16 teams going, the Raiders not clicking offensively. I can't have Hunter Renfro in my lineup. On the other side with the Titans, not a ton going on here in the short term. I think Traylon Burks is going to be the guy long term, but He's still not getting the snap share he needs. Also, the Titans offense just was floundering uh, last night on Monday Night Football. So no wide receivers in that matchup that I want in my lineup. That leads us into the Eagles-Commanders matchup. For the Eagles, you're obviously firing up A.J. Brown. Good to see Devonta Smith have a bounce back game. I think you can start him also. As a whole, this Eagles offense just looks like a really strong unit. And then I'll be sitting Quez Watkins had a nice deep touchdown catch last night but not someone who I think is gonna have enough volume to give you consistent production. Probably one of the most interesting wide receiver cores in the NFL right now, the Washington Commanders. I have Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Jahan Dotson all listed as starts. And it's pretty impressive the production all three of them have had so far. They all three have been consistently involved in both weeks. So looking at snap shares, we had Terry McLaurin at 90% and then 89%. Curtis Samuel, we had him at 88 or sorry, Curtis Samuel, we had him at 71 and then 89%. Jahan Dotson was 88% and then actually 99% in this most recent game. Through those two weeks, Terry McLaurin is averaging 13 points per game. Curtis Samuel is all the way up at 21 points per game and then Jahan Dotson is sitting at 18 points per game. Some people may be panicking on Terry McLaurin. I wouldn't say I'm panicking. I'd say I'm definitely moving him down from where I had him early on in the season. You've gotta be you know, sending Curtis Samuel through the roof on your rankings. Looking at the overall workload we have, Terry McLaurin has 12 targets in those two games, uh, and then one carry. Curtis Samuel with 20 targets and five carries. So he's been the volume guy and getting extra opportunities on the ground. Very important for Curtis Samuel. And then Jahad Dotson is sitting at 10 targets and one carry. Dotson does have three touchdowns, which is definitely skewing his production a little bit early on. So obviously the touchdowns are gonna come back to earth, but he is still a young rookie wide receiver, should continue to develop. I'm just hoping that Carson Wentz can continue to provide enough volume for all these dudes because it's clear you have three very talented wide receivers, so hopefully he's able to keep that up. We'll see what kind of shakes out here. It's just a weird situation because everyone was expecting Terry to be the guy. Curtis Samuel comes back from an injury riddle 2021, looks fantastic. Jahad Dotson, you know, comes out like a stud from day one. So they're all starts for me right now. We'll see if it starts to fall apart. But at this point, given the production early on, I can't have any of these dudes as sits. That leads us into the uh, Jaguars taking on the Chargers. For the Jaguars, Christian Kirk was someone I was wrong on coming into the season. He looks like they're clear cut number one. He looks like a stud so far. So he's going to be a start. Then I'll be sitting, you know, the number two, number three, Zay Jones and Marvin Jones. For the Chargers, I'm assuming Keenan Allen's going to be back for this one. So you're starting Keenan Allen, also starting Mike Williams, and then I'll be sitting Joshua Palmer. Then we have the Rams taking on the Cardinals. For the Rams, obviously Cooper Cup, no-brainer start. I have Allen Robinson listed as a start. This is a very, very fringe start in my mind. I feel like a lot of people are viewing this game as a nice bounce back for him. You know, he's back to being Allen Robinson. He'll be good to go in the future. If you can capitalize on people believing that, I'd be totally fine selling him off right now. He had 15.3 PPR points. So yeah, decent game. He was targeted five times, not a ton. Caught four of those for 53 yards and a touchdown. The touchdown is really kind of what saves him here. He didn't have a ton of volume. He didn't have a ton of yardage. And that is through two weeks, Allen Robinson is sitting at seven targets on 77 Matthew Stafford pass attempts. I wasn't super in on Allen Robinson coming into the season. I haven't seen anything so far This kind of made me change my mind. So if you can kind of sell high, I don't necessarily think it's selling high, but selling medium on Allen Robinson, I think that's something you should consider. And then on the other side with the Cardinals, Marquise Brown, kind of a slow-ish start. I still think he's a very strong start this week. And then sitting Greg Dorch, who's had a decent start, it's just tough for me to start a dude who's kind of come out of nowhere. He's had two solid games, but it's not like he's had undeniable production like Dotson or Curtis Samuel. So he is gonna be a sit. Maybe if he rattles off another strong performance, he'll be a start next week. Then we have the Falcons taking on the Seahawks. For the Falcons, Drake London has emerged as a no-brainer start balling out from day one as a rookie. Very impressive. On the other side with the Seahawks, this one was a tough call. This wide receiver room is not ideal. I was pretty in on DK Metcalf heading into the season. I thought the talent would kind of outweigh the bad situation he was in. So far, it hasn't. I still think he's going to have some big games. He is a start for me, but he's definitely not someone where I'm like wildly excited to put him into my lineup. You may be concerned or you know, you may disagree with Tyler Lockett being a sit here. Considering he is coming off of a big game the way i'm looking at it I'm not letting that one, you know, kind of splash game from locket You know switch up my entire mind. I still believe dk metcalf is the best wide receiver on this team I still believe he's the number one wide receiver on this team So I would choose to start metcalf over locket moving forward if I had the choice The next matchup is going to be between the packers and the buccaneers. So starting off with the packers Basically, I want to get into how there's not a ton going on here So I have Lazard listed as a sit, Watkins as a sit, Cobb as a sit, throw Dubs, Watson in there, all of these dudes. So in week two with Alan Lazard back, we're kind of getting a decent idea of the usage that's going to happen in this wide receiver room. So we saw Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, and Randall Cobb, all of them sub 40% snap share in week two. So they're off the radar just based on that. Can't be playing under 40% of the snaps and be fantasy relevant, especially at the wide receiver position. We have Lazard at 81. I don't think that's surprising. I feel like everyone thought Lazard would be the number one option. Some people had a different idea of what that number one option would look like. Um, And then we have Sammy Watkins at 65%. We also didn't have a player see more than four targets on, what was that, Sunday night. I'm fading all these dudes. If there was a guy who'd be startable, it would be Alan Lazard. I haven't seen enough to throw him into my lineup. Remember, just because he's the number two last year, and Devontae Adams leaves, it does not mean that he becomes Devontae Adams or even 50% of Devontae Adams. So right now I'm chilling on this wide receiver room. And honestly, like Aaron Rodgers is, I guess, like a fringe start. The value here is with the running backs, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, those are the guys you want in this offense. On the other side with the Bucks, I didn't even know what to do for this graphic because we got so much going on here. Mike Evans has been suspended for the game against the Packers. He's appealing it, but what I've Gathered, I believe this is correct, where he's appealing, but it's not a situation where he's going to be able to play and and they'll kind of figure out what's going on. Basically, his appeal will happen and it will either be, it'll basically be done before the game. So they will let him know, like, you're good, you can play, or it'll be like, nah, your suspension is upheld. You're not playing in this game. So if Mike Evans plays, he's obviously going to be starting. If he's suspended, get him out of your lineup. Chris Godwin, we don't know if he's going to be back. I would probably err on the side of him not returning. But if Evans isn't in there, Julio, we don't know what's up with his knee. Maybe they kind of stretch him back in here. And then also Julio, like I said, missed uh, week two with a knee injury. So basically, if these dudes are playing, like if Evans is playing, he's a start. If Godwin's playing and isn't on a crazy snap count, then he's starting. If either Godwin or Evans is out or both of them and Julio plays, then I think Julio's a start. And then Russell Gage is just going to be a sit. So definitely a situation that's going to be evolving throughout the week. But that's what I've got for you guys right now. And then we have the 49ers taking on the Broncos. I believe this is Sunday Night Football. Yeah, Sunday Night Football here. I've got Debo, obviously, as a start. And then I also have Brandon Ayuk as a start. I was someone who was a big fan of Trey Lance fantasy-wise coming into the season in terms of you know his production as a quarterback. For the weapons, though, Jimmy Garoppolo is significantly better for guys like Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. I mean, for Debo, he's going to be getting more rushing opportunities on the goal line. Trey Lance isn't going to be vulturing carries. It's going to be more pass-heavy attack. So I think Debo was always a locked-in start, no matter who was quarterback. But this is a big deal for Ayuk, and I think it makes him a very viable wide receiver three. On the other side with the Broncos, Cortland Sutton, definitely a start. Jerry Judy, I believe, is dealing with some sort of shoulder injury. Apparently, it's not super serious. So if he is good to go on Sunday night, then I think he's a solid start. And then Monday Night Football, we have the Cowboys taking on the Giants. Only one start in this game. It's going to be CeeDee Lamb. Even without Dak, I still think he's a viable play in your lineups. He had a decent uh, week two performance. And I do think this Cowboys offense looked at least semi-capable of moving the ball. So a good sign moving forward. Sitting Noah Brown, who had a big time game. Maybe something to keep an eye on, pick up in deeper leagues. But in your standard 10 or 12 team league, he's definitely not someone you want to start. I strongly consider listing Sterling Shepard as a start based on his usage in week two. I'm just gonna wait one more week. If Sterling Shepard gives me one more week of solid volume, he will be a start heading into week four. But that is gonna wrap it up for all 16 week three matchups. If you guys did enjoy the content, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. If you wanna check out my running back start sit, that is posted. I had a waiver wire, buy low and sell high players. All those videos were posted yesterday. So go check those out also. As always, thank you all for stopping by and I'll see you guys in the next one.